Hi again, everybody. Tom Oglesby in the FM 98.3 KCRD Studios. We are recording this 20th episode on the Feast of St. Nicholas, December 6th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Let us begin in the middle of, uh, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O O most gracious Virgin Mary, that that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thy intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Happy St. Nick's Day. Happy St. Nick. Back to you. Did you get anything in your shoes today? Uh, we were going to put peanuts in there. I think Saunders ate them all, though. <laughs> Did you get that? Mother used to put oranges and almonds, and that's what we got as kids. Yeah. We never did St. Nick. No. We didn't either. Never, no. no. Well, the Irish, they're too far off the continent to do that <laughs> here. Although he was a saint of... Uh, Netherlands, isn't that where they oh, that where he started was here? Yeah. Well, he was Bishop of Myrna, which is Asia Minor. Okay. But uh, the the precursor to Santa was uh, out of the Netherlands, the Lowlands, as they say. It's really actually a beautiful story. I mean, all the miracles. I don't know specific stories, but they say the numbers of miracles that oh, yeah. he conducted while he was alive. Yeah. Mm. And a generous man from a very rich family who um, the... Um, well, the, 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 what got the gift going with Santa Claus was the uh, gold bags, and you often see them with three bags of gold coin um, to save this poor man's daughter, three, three daughters, from a life of uh, prostitution here, for working in the streets, because if you didn't have a dowry, and he did not have for his three daughters, and so Nicholas uh, gave him a bag of gold coins, huh? Wow. Yeah, you know, sometimes I feel kind of bad for the saints in Advent because it's almost like they get overlooked. I know. You know, I, I really don't know much about St. Nick, and I, I really don't know why you leave the gifts in the shoes, you know, because we're all so focused on Advent and the coming of Christ. And Yeah, yeah and St. Barbara was another one the other day. I mean, she kind of gets overlooked. and. Um... Yeah, Barbara's one here. Yeah. And speaking of Advent, buckle up. We're... We're recording today on the 6th. This will air this weekend, which is halfway through Advent, Gaudete oh, Sunday. that's right. The pink candle gets lit. And uh, so by in your hearing, by the time you hear this, with a wink of an eye, it's gone. I mean, it, half over here. And Christmas is a Saturday this year. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it- we get some of a fourth week. Most we do. Of the fourth week. I was going to say, if you're listening to this before you go to Mass this weekend, we're pink. Rose. Rose, <laughs> rose, 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 rose. Yes. Pink is Protestant, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just like rose because to me, rose is of our mother and it's a prettier color. <laughs> go ahead. I'm trying to think who the priest was. Uh, a manly man's priest and some... some uh, older woman with great intention came said oh father it's a beautiful pink chasuble there and he says it's a rose chasuble <laughs> exactly <laughs> i, I like those right. manly men <laughs> <laughs> Funny. 
Well, what do you got in the headlines here? It's uh, just no end. Yeah, no end to headlines, but a, another good point of some good news. Remember Cardinal Burke, who was hospitalized for COVID? How's he doing? He's doing great. He still has um, therapy of some sort. Mm-hmm. Um, he said he has to continue that. And then, uh, actually, it's not like him and I talk on a first-name basis. It's an email blast that I'm on. But uh, He calls you Miss Wagner. Miss Wagner, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes with my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he is going to be offering his first public mass since, I believe, August. Colleen, this has got to be wow. a miracle. Wow, it does. I because, think it you is. know, when he first asked for prayer, he thought, he told one of his caregivers, he, he thought COVID was going to do him in. Because yeah. he was in intensive care for a not a short time. time. No. A long time. Yeah, so if anyone's interested, that it'll be a pontifical high mass, which will be December 11th at the Shrine. So that's a Saturday? I believe it is, What yes. time of day? Um, I want to say, I, I'm not sure if it's the noon one or the 1 o'clock one. You just had, would so have to go midday. to the website. It's, it's midday is what you're thinking. Yeah, because I think their 930 is on Sunday. Um, so but anyway, you would just have to check that. So it would be the mass of the day of Saturday, not correct. Not a vigil mass for the... Uh, that is correct, because then it's wealth, which he is also going to be doing a mass for a lady of Guadalupe. Really? Sure, on yes. the 12th. Yep, that's mm-hmm. big feast day. That's this Sunday. Yes. yes, this coming Sunday. And the 9th is Juan Diego. I mean, we've got a big week coming up we do. between... Hey, you know, what's going on on the 8th? On the eighth, Any, anything going on there? Is it a holy day of obligation? Yes. When? Yes. What does that mean? Well, it means if you're listening to this now and you weren't there Wednesday. Oh yeah, right. Good point. Right. So gotta it be is... one of my. I don't know. I have a great affection to the Immaculate Conception feast day. I do, do too. Yeah. Well, I think about that. You know why? For me, this is kind of interesting and. Um, I have a brother that was born on the Immaculate Conception, and when he was born, I remember it being a big conversation that that's pretty special to be oh, born on a feast day. Oh, can you imagine? That's your, that's your patron saint? Yeah. Mm. Patroness saint mm. here? Yeah. All right, well, we, we were just talking uh, earlier over a cup of uh, highly filtered water that perhaps the listeners uh, don't always track with us. You know, we get... We get a lot of feedback, emails, texts, all kind. By the way, we love that stuff. Send it in. Thank you. Yes. And, um, but on occasion, we get a question from somebody that says, I wasn't quite understanding. What is, who is, and why is the Immaculate Conception? You know, this is a great trivia question. If you are drinking in Catholic, a bar, you Catholic bring this trivia. question out, and you'll win a beer. Someone will buy you a beer. Um, but a lot of people think Immaculate Conception refers to the fact that Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary. Exactly. And that's not correct, is it, Colleen? It is not. That's which not is why even a close such second. A no. great trivia question. Um, so what, no. let's, how do we explain this to uh, everybody, Catholics and, and other Christians and other people that want to be Catholic? What, how, how does this get explained? So the Feast of the Immaculate Conception is the day that we commemorate the fact that Mary was conceived without sin in the womb of her mother, Anne. Correct. And her father's name is? Joachim. Joachim. 
Um, but that's what the Immaculate Conception Feast refers to. So if this was the, if December 8th is the day that Mary was conceived, then we typically celebrate her birthday on September, September 8th. Nine months later, September 8th. That's mm -hmm. right. So, but it's a great, great feast showing God's great mercy because I know some of our non-Catholic friends think that we, um, you know, worship Mary, hold her too high. Right, hold on, hold on oh. here. You, you got that. You got that. But what's the big deal? Aren't we all conceived without sin? No, we are not. Concupiscence. Why, why not? Concupiscence. That's a great question. It's concupiscence is the answer. Okay. Um, well, now, so now you've just taken everybody. <laughs> everybody I was driving down the road just <laughs> thinks it's uh, February fourteenth. Cupid with, with Cupid. With Cupid here. So yeah. you know, you've gone from being clear to uh, not so much. Yeah, concupiscence is basically when we are born, we carry the stain of sin that goes back to Adam What's and sin? Eve from the sin of Adam and Eve. Otherwise known as? Original sin. Original sin. Okay, now is that a rumor or just a thought? or No, that is, that is fact, Catholic Jack. Church that's teaching. Fact, that's, that's doctrine, right? Correct. So because Adam and Eve sold, our timekeeper said, sorry, I we, started, start the time. we started talking here, so we, we are shooting okay. from the hip here. Yeah, we are. So we, uh, well, the secondary time clock's still running here, but we started that early here, so we're, we're at 15 now. So we, uh, let's, let's agree to talk for three minutes, four minutes more. All right? Okay. Sounds good. Yeah, so that, original that, sin. Th that is an example of concupiscence, not starting the clock on time yes i did that result. on purpose yes. so we would have something to talk about and give a good example of con all right did we lay the baseline for original sin with adam and eve i believe so i think okay so. they sinned because they are our because adam is our father we share in his fallen nature because part of the as as uh it says in genesis don't eat from that tree don't even touch it don't look at it or you shall surely die. And we die, we share in Adam's death, which is the whole reason for Christmas, because we need a Redeemer, a Savior. O come, O come, Emmanuel. Janet, sing us the third. Uh, <laughs> the third verse? Third verse, please. Oh, isn't she wonderful? Yeah, so we've got that. All right, so we've established original sin, Mary is the only human conceived since Adam without original sin. And Christ via. Yeah, oh. and that's, that's amazing. <laughs> so here's a but trivia yes, question. Human person, yes. yes, yeah. yes. And, and based on that, here's another trivia question for you guys. And you probably know the answer. I just can't remember. Which apparition, when she appeared... Did she say, I am the Immaculate Conception? Well, it was at Lourdes because mm -hmm. it was about four years after 19, 1854, which is when the Pope declared the doctrine of the right. Immaculate Conception. Four years later, she appears to Bernadette and she calls herself, I am the Immaculate Conception. Bernadette has no clue what she is talking about because she's, they're poor, they're out in France. I mean, you know, she has no clue. 
So for her to repeat that was she, almost proof she, that it wasn't came, accurate. She claimed she was a little deft. And I love the movie, the uh, yeah. Fatima movie with Jones, I think it is. Isn't that mm-hmm, the actress? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the way she declared that was interesting. She didn't say I was immaculately conceived. She said... I am the Immaculate Conception. I'm going to digress here. I wasn't planning on going this, but when you when you talked about going to the bar and trying to win some trivia bucks over here, you know, this really ties into the the great heresy of uh, evolution. Go on. So the the evolutionists shall say that Adam and Eve evolved from some lower species and were at some point uh, became man. How is what we are currently talking about the torpedo to that heresy, that error in thought? Janet? Well, because you, you have to acknowledge that God created creation and humanity. Yeah, but specifically here, do you, do you see where I'm going on this, Colleen? Did I lose you? You lost me. All right, all right. If the Darwinist evolutionary theorists are out here saying that Adam and Eve evolved from some lower species, they would have been conceived. Oh, I see where They going. would have been conceived, and God would have had to intervene immaculately because Adam and Eve were both created without the stain of original sin. So the error of... of, Do you need to uh, pay someone? (laughs) That was our timer. Is our pizza here? (laughs) (laughs) We are right on top of it here. We are not professionals. St. Nicholas, pray for us. Uh, So... All right, just to finish this, because we got to get to segment two here. This is where we're going with that. The error of heresy, as promoted by Darwinists, is debunked by the Virgin's testimony at Lourdes in 1858, because she would have had she if 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 that is true she would be a liar she would say i am one of the immaculate conceived oh tom i'm like in your school of theology she had to she didn't she spoke in the first person singular i am the immaculate conception adam and eve were not conceived which is the old do they have belly buttons they were created not not procreated that's correct that's Mm -hmm. exactly correct Anyway, probably a good place to start since we've got clocks, buzzers, signals. Mm -hmm. Do we have time for this, or should we do it coming back in a second here? We have no idea where we're at. We have no idea. Huh? Let's do it on the second one. On the error of judgment here, we're sending it back up to the booth here. Um, We prepared so well. Where did we go wrong? We'll be right back here on FM 98.3 KCRD, and we will start the clock on time. I promise I will.
Hi again, KCRD listeners. Tom Oglesby back in the studio with Colleen Pasnick and Janet Wigner. Segment two of our, uh, do you believe this is number 20 here? I, 20th segment. Only because God has blessed us, that's for yeah. sure. I know. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It is a lot of fun. And we're recording on the Feast of St. Nicholas, which is December 12th. This will air the um, weekend of uh, halfway through, right? Well, today's the 6th, right? What did today's I say? Today's the 6th. The 12th. Oh, it's the twelfth month. But you know. you've got, oh, yeah, you've 12. got, yeah. Well, Our concupiscence is coming through loud and clear today, folks. It is. It's it? that COVID fog, guys. It, it is. is. Yeah. I'm gonna blame that till I get dementia. Yeah, I think I have. <laughs> I've had it forever. Doing that. Yeah, I still have the fog. So, what do you got on the headlines here? After well, the one big headline that we have is the Dobbs case out of Mississippi. The, yes. The potential for Roe versus Wade to be overturned by the Supreme Court so that it goes back to the states is my understanding and each state can then vote and elect and determine what they want to do as far as how abortion goes. Mm-hmm. That is correct. The federal law would be overturned and it would go back to the states. Well, it's not a federal law. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a federal penumbra. Right? Yeah. It's, a... it's a court ruling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That uh what went to the 14th Amendment that said that the weighing on the Equal Protection Clause, which came up in the mid-19th century after the Civil War, that said that the states need to honor that which the federal government does. In mm-hmm. other words, they, you know, they can't do that. Somewhere along the line, somebody said the drafters founded the... Right to privacy or something like that. That was it, the right to privacy, yep. And the equal protection must apply with the right to privacy. But uh, So the 72 court was playing super legislators Yeah, because we all think it's a law. We all think it's the law, right? And, and of course, it is a Supreme Court decision. Of course, it is. But, um, you know, when, when that happened, I think it's a good lesson for us when the majority of people do not want something and nine people in robes go the other way. Mm-hmm. People don't just shut up about it. Right. You know, people have been marching for 40 some years. That we, You know, and I, I think the same thing might happen when it comes to the same sex marriage. Oh, yeah. Because that was not what the people want. But That's right. It was just forced upon us. And definitely, yeah, definitely. You know, with, with that case, so that case is... That's out of Mississippi. So that's Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, correct? Yep. Yeah. And then I was a little disgusted, quite frankly, with Justice Sotomayor. Um, just some of her comments were... She was having a bad day. She must have been. I, um, you know, she wanted to do... I can't put words in her mouth, but contextually she was talking about how you know, we basically haven't had advances in science. <laughs> I mean, some of the things that she was saying is like, when do we really know that there's viability with life or when it is? You know, that whole forth. that whole follow the science seems to work. It's a it's a one edged sword, isn't it? For yeah. them, they don't they don't cut both ways on that. Here. Right. So I got to share that. I, I started telling you before we recorded here, but. Um, Praise God, I've been able to get back to adoration chapels. You don't know what you got until you, it's gone. And, boy, is there a withdrawal when you uh, miss Mass. So true. And you miss uh, adoration. So I'm in adoration the other for a prolonged stint. Now, I don't hear the Lord. I don't see bushes burning. 
uh, Gabriel hasn't come to me, but if you can ask the Lord, if you, you that is what prayer is, isn't it? Talking to God. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when He is in the monstrance, I I talk to Him. Regarding Sotomayor, uh, do I say her name right? Sotomayor. Sotomayor. We don't know when viability begins. You know, when is a, a, a fetus viable? which is the whole scientific issue. By the way, it's been proven here. Uh, they're, they're tracking. They're, a woman impregnated by a man has never given birth to a giraffe. Right? It's yeah. never right. happened. Never it's happened. a never happened. baby from the get-go. And also, just a, a comment about viability. You know, viability is a moving target because uh, maybe back in 1973 when they passed Roe v. Wade, Maybe viability was at 28 weeks, mm-hmm. but technology has improved so much. I exactly. mean, it keeps getting lower and lower. I mean, I think viability, I think there have been babies born at 22 weeks. So at that point, while I'm with the Lord the other night, I swear he said, hey, dummy, because <laughs> he can do that. Hey, dummy, it's not about viability. It's not about when doctors can take a unborn child, otherwise known as a fetus, and bring it to term at 40 weeks. And I'm thinking, okay, this is dummy here. What, what's it about? He said, it's not about human life viability. It's about eternal life and soulment. Every one of those children were given a soul and there's how many since row 75 million 65 million just in this country just in this country worldwide it's been estimated that a billion during the 20th century through the two decades here in this century a billion people have been aborted worldwide god help us seriously god help us and god have mercy on our generations that's been involved in that Oh, right. And when we read stories about the Aztecs cutting out beating hearts of thousands of people, they are mild compared to our Yeah, we're worse. We're we worse. are so much worse. So so go back, Tom, and keep, you know, because the other thing with what you're talking about is science has already proved that life begins at conception scientifically, right. but spiritually, we were talking about Eternal life begins that. Yeah. You're, you've not only got sperm and egg, we create a zygote and... Whatever, whatever. This is this is what eighth grade biology. Yeah. Right. Um, that's when life, human life, begins. Eternal life begins. God the Father gives that two things: an eternal soul and a guardian angel. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the other thing is, is spiritually, you can almost argue that He's given life prior to that because of His creation. Well, because of His creation, I think of you know the Gospel of John where. Um, John opens up, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh. And so it really draws you in to realize that Jesus existed before he was born. Mm-hmm. So also in Psalm 138 or 139, where well, it says... Well, he had the advantage it, of being the uh, eternal Word, the uh, right. person of God. Second person of the Trinity. But I also look at Psalm, it's either, um, depending on which uh, translation you have, either Psalm 138 or 139, where he says, I knit you in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. He's already had that child on his heart right, before right. the parents came together. Yeah. I knew you before you were you. 
Yeah. Right. Well, let's think of all the times that a man and a husband and wife, let me correct myself, how many times a husband and wife come together in the marital act and conception doesn't happen? You know, the, it does take three, right? Mm-hmm. It, it does take it three. Does take That's a great three. point. Um, and God is the author of life. Uh, so one of the things that I heard Sotomayor say that I just thought was horrible was she talked about during an abortion how the fetuses don't feel pain. Oh, yeah. oh, I know. That's one oh. of the things that really disgusted me. Oh, I had I blocked that out of my uh, memory here till you brought it back. I was so disgusted. And, and I think someone, I'm not sure if it was in the court as you know one of the pro-life attorneys or if it was a commentator afterwards, but they were saying when they do in utero surgeries on unborn babies, they always give them an anesthesia. Of exactly. Some type. Because, because science has pain. already proven that they feel pain. And, and that's the thing that just drives me crazy is we have these scientific advancements. Why are we so stupid? Why should this law not be reversed in a snap of a finger? Well, it's because they don't want it reversed. Right. And why not? I believe this is satanic child sacrifice. When we know it is. This is is Moloch. It is satanic at at its core, but it's also a moneymaker. It's a huge moneymaker. And that's why they want abortion after 15 weeks, is because how many of those uh, pharmaceutical companies, science, medical reasons, they want... They're doing forced organ harvesting. Exactly, for lots of money. And listen up, people. Listen up. There would not be a vaccination without dead babies. I knew she was going to do that. We have got to be doing penance, penance, penance. Well, think about that. I mean, I think one of the um, cell lines, they call them, because we clean up all the language so we don't say, you know, babies that were harvested for their... One of the cell lines used in the so-called vaccine is H-E-K and Mm -hmm. a number... Human embryonic kidney. kidney. 16. Now, now think about that. Okay, 16. Think Whatever about that. Numbers. Human embryonic kidney cells. If you do an abortion at six weeks, it's kind of hard to find that kidney, right? They want those babies older right. so they can go, yep, there's a kidney. It's obviously a kidney. We're using kidney cells. Oh, and we're going to use some cornea cells and we're going to use... A, they want them older mm. so that the organs are more formed so that they can get a good sample. It's it's satanic. It it's is satanic. Awful. Just mm. awful. Our Lady Queen of Peace. Pray, Pray for, us. for us. Oh my. And that's a nice tie in too, asking our lady for her intercession because what did we just say in the first segment? She is the Immaculate Conception. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And we're talking about life and conception and God's involvement with life and we do need her intercession for sure. Yeah, and we need prayers, d- deliverance prayers, you know, and that, you know, that w- that's just one headline. So we really need to kind of pay attention to where this headline goes. And then not only that, be in conversations, at least here in Iowa, with uh, Joni Ernst and Chuck Grassley and, and, our, uh, and um, Ashley Hinson. Ashley Hinson is our rep for this area. Right. So uh, the uh, Supreme Court heard the oral arguments and uh, at your listening to this, the, the arguments took place late November 2021. It is expected that the Supreme Court w- will um, announce their ruling June-ish of 2022. So we've got six, seven months mm-hmm. of um, 
gestation on this decision here. Colleen, what our, our Blessed Mother was talking about prayer and fasting here, and it used to be, um, it used to be Wednesdays and Fridays, wasn't that the idea? Mm -hmm. Those the were the traditional Catholic here. Mm -hmm. Folks, I'm going to challenge everybody in our listening area to uh, on two parts. Two parts here. We need to. We need to repent and turn to the Lord. This kind of demon can, I'm quoting the big guy, this kind of demon cannot be driven out with simply prayer. We've got to do prayer and fasting. And I suggest that we go back to the uh, traditional days of Wednesday and Friday, uh, fasting, which is what? It's not that big of a deal. It's one meal, right? Instead one meal of... a day and two smaller meals that wouldn't make up a, a third meal. But uh... no meat. Okay, so that's the prayer. No meat. The, or the fasting. The prayer, the go-to prayer has to be, if you can't get to daily Mass, to, if you get to daily Mass, pray the rosary also. Yes. Okay. Yes, and if you can't get to Mass, you can pray the rosary anytime, anywhere. God gave you ten fingers. Exactly. So you could pray the rosary. I bet you didn't know that. But, you know, the other thing coming up with prayer and fasting is we have some ember days coming up. Exactly. This coming Which week. Are the, Which are traditionally in the change of the season, right? So that should they be around are. the 20th. It's the 15th, 17th, and 18th. So it's Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. So it's a natural time historically that Catholics have prayed and fasted. Now, not for the life issue per se, but it's the time of prayer and fasting. And this is Advent, this right? Advent. right. It should not have right. some penitential. It should. Uh, because, exactly. So that makes the Christmas celebration even better. Exactly, because so, Advent should be a mini Lent. Yeah. So let me just uh, punctuate the, uh, the prayer piece of it here. I, I think there's a lot of people doing some prayer, okay? But I don't think we are uh, specific enough in our prayer. Oh. I think... We've got to say, Lord, change our country. Give, give us government officials, uh, legislators, Supreme Court justices, and rid ourselves from this uh, horrible, horrible... Uh, oh, well, it's not legislation, but it's a, it's a horrible political climate. It's, it's anti-God, it's anti-life, yes. it's anti-human. Yes. And this is the most important thing. Ever. I mean, if we do not have dignity and respect for life, I mean, we have nothing. Right. So, have mercy on us. Uh, so, this is these are the two things here. Prayer, fasting, all of that that we just talked about. The second thing is here, we're not doing enough evangelization. Everyone who is hearing this broadcast needs to reach out to a family, friend, neighbor, maybe a stranger. Tell them about the good news that is Christ Jesus and uh, get a few more people on the team here. The number one mission of the church is evangelization. Go forth and... and yeah, uh, and you know, a really nice way at this time of year, because sometimes you say, well, how can I do that practically? I mean, how can I? I'm not going to go knock on doors, but you know what you can do? The Christmas cards that you send out, they could have a manger scene on them yeah. instead of a snowman, yeah. right? So that's a simple way. And say Merry Christmas to the cashier rather than Happy Holidays. Yes. Yeah. Simple, simple. Yeah, doing that. Hey, we're about out of time on this, uh, just about out of time, but I think we got to do one more uh, prayer here. I think we can squeeze this in because we were going here. So uh, one of the headlines that Janet's going to tell us about, but briefly here, is we've gone from Delta to Omicron. 
which means COVID lives on. So let's, <laughs> we're, we're going to renounce COVID. We did this a couple of weeks ago. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the coronavirus, fear of coronavirus, all <laughs> symptoms of coughing, congestion, runny nose, chills, sore throat, headache, diarrhea, pneumonia, body aches, chest and muscle pain, fever, nausea, loss of taste, loss of smell, shortness of breath, breathing difficulty, fatigue, tiredness, and confusion. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce sickness, infirmity, disease, pandemics, outbreaks, plagues, contagion, ailment, disorder, affliction, frailty, weakness, disability, impairment, immobility, pain, and torment. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce isolation, loneliness, abandonment, depression, despair, despondency, discouragement, defeatism, negativism, dejection, hopelessness, morbidness, heaviness, gloom, burden, disgust, fatigue, tiredness, weariness, sleepiness, exhaustion, laziness, and lethargy. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce fear, worry, anxiety, dread, apprehension, perfectionism, control, scrupulosity, paranoia, suspicion, distrust, persecution, nervousness, tension, headaches, migraines, nail-biting, restlessness, and insomnia. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce impatience, annoyance, restlessness, agitation, frustration, irritability, intolerance, exasperation, anger, blame, aggression, temper, criticism, verbal abuse, physical abuse, sexual and emotional abuse. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce grief, sorrow, misery, loss, mourning, lamentation, anguish, agony, crying, sadness, heartache, heartbreak, guilt, shame, remorse, regret, loathing, unworthiness, embarrassment, self-reproach, death, destruction, loss, poisoning, accident-prone, suicide, euthanasia, and mercy killing. In the name, In the name of, of Jesus Christ, Christ I, I break the power of everything I have renounced. I command it to leave me now and go straight to the foot of the cross for Jesus Christ to do with as he will. Amen. Amen. God bless all of our listeners and all of our friends of this radio station who have been uh, affected by uh, pneumonia, COVID, uh, uh, flu. There's a lot of stuff going on out there and a lot of people are in bad shape. And we are one with you and we'll be right back after these announcements on FM 98.3 KCRD. Welcome back. This is The Chatter, episode 20. We're recording on the feast of St. Nicholas in the year 2021 of our Lord here. And uh, we, we left off with a great prayer. I love that uh, 
renouncing COVID prayer here. We've prayed that a couple of times. It is great. And I know we mentioned this before, but when you're down and with COVID or if you're sick or you're just tired and you can't pray, it's so nice to listen to someone else pray and just kind of go on their coattails. Yep. So for everyone that listened to that COVID prayer, I hope that you are praying it along with us in your heart and, and making it your own prayer. We had a couple of headlines on uh, the uh, Supreme Court jobs, uh, Dobbs, Dobbs and Johnson, is that what it is? Johnson Women's Center Jackson. in Mississippi. Jackson. Jackson. In Mississippi. Uh, doing it here. And there's a couple of states that are still uh, on either ends of the uh, life issue here, New York and Florida. Janet, what do you got on those guys? Well, in New York, it was um, New York mandates abortion tainted gene therapy inoculations for all Catholic school employees. Now, when you say... Uh, abortion tainted gene therapy inoculation. That's a mouth. That's, that's, a, that's mouthful. a mouthful. Are you talking about the so-called vaccine? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, okay. the COVID vaccine. So the state has said Catholic school employees must. Is and that, is that true? Yes, and they want it done. The first dose done by December twentieth. There's a prayer waiting to happen. Wow. Whatever happened to? Um, Freedom of, of uh, choice. My here. body, my choice? Yeah, exactly. Whatever well, happened to that? This you is know, Nuremberg all over. And mm. it's so sad because it's a persecution of Catholic Christians, quite frankly. It's going to impact about 56,000 employees at more than 900 schools. So that's no small issue. So this is New York State, not just New York City. Uh, uh, New York City. No, oh, New York City. De Blasio is the chief. It's just sad. Yeah. It is sad. Yeah. But... To turn, you know, that we can be joyful and give praise to God, you know, here's 56,000 opportunities to fight this. Well, God's bigger than this. That's right. Let's pray. Pray it out here. We talked in the last segment, Wednesdays, Fridays, fasting, rosaries, masses. Let's let's lift these people up in the sense that we can lift them up. What was going down in Florida here? You had something down there, too. Florida's a little better news than New York City. Well, probably in many areas, but... Better governor. Yeah, but anyway, uh, a Florida legislator has introduced a bill that would ban abortions on babies that have a detectable heartbeat. Very similar to the law that passed in Texas. Mm -hmm. Now, the wonderful thing about that is the heartbeat starts so early in a pregnancy... Often the woman doesn't even know she's pregnant. I mean, there's, you know, some people, you know, kind of ballpark it. It could be eight, um, eight weeks, seven weeks, you know, 18 to 21 days. I mean, we're talking early wow. when that heart heartbeat starts. Now, whether or not it's detectable then is another issue, but it would be way earlier even than the Mississippi case of 15 weeks. Wow. Way earlier. So that's, uh, that's promising. And so another state. Uh, so like we said, if, if uh, Roe v. Wade is overturned and it goes back to the states, there are some states out there that would, I hope, make hay on really limiting abortion. Of course, we'd love it out, to be outlawed. Totally. Well, I wonder, if oh, yeah. I, w- I wonder if they're existing law as of 1972 is still on the books. Every st- It was regulated by each state before the Roe decision. It was. It was legal in Colorado. I think Colorado might have been the first state. And New York, one of the, you'd think New York, but yeah, some states had it legal before Roe v. Wade. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
just a handful, I think. Just a just a few. Yeah, yeah. doing that. Yeah. But so, you know what's ironic, and this is going into the next sec- section here. Um, if you look at the front of the Supreme Court building, the building that talks, you know, the highest law in the country, there is what's called a freeze at the top, and it's like a relief of different famous lawgivers. Mm-hmm. And you know who's up there? Tell me. Moses and the Ten Commandments. Yeah, yeah Did that's you know right. that on a very secular Supreme Court building? They've, and I think Moses might even be like in the middle, mm-hmm. like almost like he's the peak, the pinnacle, you know. So, um, so there is that recognition in stone of Christian law and how it used to be the basis for our laws. Used right. to be, right. but you know, um, Moses. Okay, he's really that's way old. That's Old Testament. But you know, after Christ came, there was a before the scriptures were compiled. There was something called the Didache. So I don't know, maybe our listeners have never even heard of the Didache before. But it was very early. They're thinking first or second century. It Most uh, scholars think that it preceded um, uh, the, the compiling of Scripture. For sure, it, it preceded the compiling of the books of the Bible. St. Jerome right. was kind of that guy, and he lived died about 400 but the Didache is early, early, early Christian writing. The and church fathers. The church fathers, the earliest church fathers, the ones that were the closest to so Christ. Let's, so we're talking Polycarp, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus of Lyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Who's the fourth guy that always um, comes up um, in that? Irenaeus. Um, anyway, that's a good that's trivia the question, era. yeah. So it's, the apostles are first generation. We're talking the second generation. Oh, yeah of uh church fathers the, those who sat at the feet of the apostles right. exactly those who sat at the feet of the apostles and the didache that early early document had something to say about abortion tell me i don't know it's very long it's probably gonna take up the rest of the segment it's very long all right pull over all right pull <laughs> over here we go here's what the didache says and they're estimating this was written around 70 a.d it says this you shall not procure an abortion nor destroy a newborn child. So, so that's abortion and infanticide. Right there, one sentence, Didache, 70 A.D. 70 A.D. Yeah, 70 A.D. That might have been, even been written before the destruction of the temple in 70 A.D. Right. Ironically, that's not 1970 people. No, no that's no, 70. No, 70. 70 A.D. So for 2,000 years. There you go. Isn't that amazing? The Didache. Well, it's not only amazing that it teaches that, it's it's amazing to think that this challenge of death, this culture of death, ain't new. It's not new. No, and it's been going on forever, but in each generation, God's calling us to, what are we doing about it? What's, do you happen to have a chapter and verse on that, by chance? It's or, a one-page... In the Didache? Yeah. Um, it's not a book, is it? It, it is well, a book, but it's, it's not a thick it's not book, long. and I, I don't know what chapter that's. Uh, Didache 2. Didache 2. I swear I had it up on the shelf over here at one time. We'll have to go ask Dewey Decimal where it's at. Dewey Decimal. Yeah, i got it right here. But, you know, uh, speaking of the early law, like the Didache, and, of course, we know that Scripture is very clear. The Psalms, you know, you knit me in my mother's womb obviously speaks about God being the author of life and in charge of all that. Um, 
Where was I going with that? I think you were trying to I teach. Had a point. Yeah. COVID oh, fog. oh, but speaking, thank you, <clears throat> brain fog. Uh, but speaking of the law, you know, the Hippocratic Oath recently um, included, I shall not uh, perform an abortion or help a woman to perform an abortion. Right. They took that out. Mm-hmm. How I long think ago in did the they 80s. Take that out? Yeah, that's... I think it was in the 80s. So now you can't even say to the doctor, well, but you took a you took the Hippo- Hippocratic Oath to protect life. No, I, that phrase is not in there anymore. Right. So one of the things that we can do is we really need to repent, repent, mm-hmm. go to confession. Mm-hmm. Advent is a great time to go to yeah, confession. And, and mm-hmm. I think this is, this is important. We've been talking about this. We've been doing more about this in recent shows. But in addition to prayers and repenting and fasting here, I think we've got to bring this down to the listeners. I'm not talk, saying talking down to them. But we've got to tell them why. And Colleen, you've done a remarkable job of uh, collecting catechisms over the last 2,000 years here. We need a bigger shelf over here for the seas. But uh, take us to school here. Let's let's um, let's do some. Why is this Catholic? Why is this doctrine? Why is this dogma? And um, rather than just say it's a sin, let's. Why is it a sin? What are, what's the thought process there? You know, I think a place that we should start is at the beginning. And the very first question in the Baltimore Catechism, which I bet if you're a listener over the age of 60, you're going to be able to know this answer by heart. Why did God make me? Mm-hmm. Right? Why did God make me? To know him, to, to love, love him, him, to serve him in this life and the next. Be happy with him in the next. That's exactly right. And, you know, those old catechism, Baltimore catechism, such a simple Q&A format that you could memorize it and then remember it. You know, so I think the place where we have to start when we're talking about abortion and life is that God created us. God is the author of life, not us. And, you know, we've kind of flipped that all around in so many ways, Um, not only abortion, um, the killing of a life, the taking of a life, but in vitro fertilization. Right. You know, we decide when we will make babies. And you know what we did? You know what happened when we did that? What? We made ourselves God. And doesn't that sound like back in the Garden of Eden, which mm-hmm. we talked about you earlier? You will be in the like show, gods. Yeah. That original temptation, you will be like gods. And Satan tempts you because he uses your reason, your very own reason, the brain that you have, the circumstances and influences that you are trying to make a good decision. But an abortion is not a good decision. I think it's I think it's beyond reason, uh, Janet. It, he appeals to our ego. You you can be just like God, or you could be bigger than God. Yep, you're right. And pride is that biggest main sin that you can be like God. But you know, and and I know that the in vitro fertilization is not often talked about. And I want to clearly say right now, any children conceived through in vitro fertilization are loved by God. Uh, you know, some people say, "Well, you're saying that they shouldn't be here; that they're a mistake." No, every, you're not saying that at all. Every life conceived by God, he is the author of life. 
he is he wants to use that child to bring all of us back to him closer to him so we're not condemning any children who have been conceived by through in vitro fertilization any more than we would condemn children who were conceived through rape exactly or incest the the circumstances of conception are are unimportant um, that child was brought to life by God. As we mentioned earlier, the husband and wife might come together and supply the material, but God has infused a soul. Yeah, and that sin is not on the child. That sin is on the parents and the doctor. And the doctors. And, and just like in abortion, a lot of times the people that are involved are just so distraught. They're so desperate. They're not thinking clearly. They right. so much want either to have a baby or not have a baby. Fear is a factor, you know, so at some point their culpability at some point is lessened. Yes, that's correct. I'm not going to say it's totally gone, but it's, right. it's lessened because their, their rational thinking um, has been overrun by, by fear and emotion. That's half of the coin, though. That's one side of the coin. The other side of the coin here is, is, is well, let me just summarize what you summarized. Yeah, we've got a child here. It conceived uh, incorrectly here. But the flip side of that coin is you had other children that were conceived in that process. Yes, that's uh, what a lot of people don't talk about. They don't talk about the dark side. The, I should say the darker side. I'm not following you. Can you be more specific? What do you mean other children? Like, the, um, are you talking about children that were created but not viable no they <laughs> i mean the or, process of in vitro fertilization takes more than one of the woman the the mother's thank you that's what i egg would, yeah in here it isn't as though we said all right well yeah that worked no there are several a dozen yeah you know they they give the woman hormones to hyper stimulate her ovary so they release a lot of eggs right because it's an expensive procedure and they're going to do it once and they're going to capture as many eggs as they can so yeah so like tom said they, they become fertilized then with the sperm of the father and you can say well i had a child that was born here well what about the other of your children that you chose not to bring to life it's a real great conundrum because there are by now i'm gonna guess a million because i know about 10 years ago is half a million 400 some thousand so frozen human beings frozen little tiny human beings that are in storage to see maybe if the couple wants to try again, have another baby. Okay, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Are they are they actually human beings or is it just the eggs? It's fertilized eggs, which it are is human fertilized. beings. Yep, okay. Yep. I just yep. wanted that clarification. As soon as an egg is fertilized they're, they're, they're and embryonic. it starts growing, that soul is infused, they are living, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And because they, they don't want to implant too many of these new living human being babies into a woman because then you get multiple pregnancies octo mom right you know um they implant maybe two maybe three two usually two and the rest go into storage on ice 
to wait to see if this is successful this round or we'll try yeah, another they've round. been the subject of of custody battles bankruptcies oh but it really leads to a very serious spiritual question because what do you do with all those souls? Exactly. You can't baptize them because baptism, you have to pour water over the head. You can't just throw them out in the trash because they're people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, and, and you can't, um, um, sometimes people say, well, I will adopt an embryo. You can put the embryo in me. It's like a very early adoption I will adopt an embryo, a snowflake and, adoption. And that, and that, that brings in a, another concept here that you've uh, violated the principles of... Uh, uh, Procreation? Well, uh, the unitive aspect of, of that here. So you've, you've, you're, you're now... Right, you're, right. You're renting a mom. Right. I think anytime there's a third person in the room when you're conceiving, that's probably not God's plan. Right. Exactly. A third person in a white lab coat is probably not in God's mind. Right. But, but you can now see kind of the Pandora's box that gets opened when someone wants a child so bad that they go against what God's plan is. And, and I'm not saying this out of any condemnation. My husband and I can't have babies. And I was asked right away, well, why don't you just do it in vitro? I, I have compassion for women who want to have babies and can't have babies. I get it. I really do. But um, it's not God's plan. And well, as no, soon as this start... is not about condemnation. This is about education. This is, this is the catechism segment of it here, and, and we're going to do more about that. And we pray for all of those families who are in infertility situations. And uh, the purpose of our comments here is, it's a pretty safe bet. It's the first time you've heard this. That's exactly right. And that is why we bring it up is because we, no, we never want to condemn, but we do want to educate. We want to catechize and we want to show it from God's. Because you just read it here. We want you to know God so that you can serve God and, and be with him forever. That's to know the goal. Him, to love him, serve him. And the definition of charity is we want you to spend your eternal life with him and not with old uh, Lucifer. That's right. All right. Anything else before we uh, sign off to the Blessed Trinity in the name of of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Amen. Amen. Glory be to the the Father Father, and to the Son and to the the Holy Spirit, Spirit, as as it was was in the beginning, beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm Tom Oglesby. I'm Colleen Pasnick. I'm Janet Wigner. This is The Chatter on FM 98.3 KCRD.